Welcome into the Rookie Big Board. I'm your host, Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, back at it here to talk about real football. Yes, we have real, actual, kind of preseason football to talk about. I'm excited. We're going to break down this episode into two different segments. The first is going to be a roundup of all rookie relevant stat lines, storylines, good stuff from week one of preseason NFL football. We'll talk a little bit about what preseason NFL football even means for rookie values. And then we're going to finish up the episode in a second segment talking about seven rookies that could have an impact this year if things go right for them. Last week, we talked about players that are just easy to project relevancy in redraft for the 2022 season, but I'm going to talk about seven guys that aren't as easy to project but could find themselves in fantasy-relevant situations. But let's start here by talking about week one of the NFL preseason. Now, week one is kind of a tricky week because... We've seen different teams take different approaches, and we're also still kind of feeling out the way that different teams approach the three-week preseason. Remember, it used to be four weeks, and we kind of knew like week three was the real one, week four wasn't, uh, week two. But it's important that they're that they're seeing players out on the field now because remember they are cutting down rosters pretty significantly as we go week by week now. So that's going to be something we talk about a lot over the next few weeks as well. So it is important the stat lines at this point in time, but Again, everything we need to take with a little bit of relativeness, a little bit of a grain of salt. But as I go through each of the storylines, I'm going to talk about, you know, what I buy more into, what I don't. And it's going to be situational. Context is going to be really important. And let's start here with the New York Giants. The impactful player I noticed here was Deshaun Corbin. He had five receptions, which was the second most for any player on the Giants. Those five receptions equaled 28 yards. He had six carries for 13 yards. So if folks remember, Deshaun Corbin was one of my favorite sleepers coming out of FSU. Explosive player. I think this is an important stat line because if Deshaun Corbin is going to find meaningful action in this Giants offense and if he is going to lock in a spot on the 53-man roster, which I think he will, that pass-catching upside is going to be really significant in terms of being able to come on in relief of Saquon Barkley and find a role other than a guy who might just get carries if an injury happens above him. Folks will remember the Giants played the Patriots, and the Patriots had more fantasy-relevant rookie action, which is weird. We don't really think of the Patriots as anti-rookie for whatever reason, but they did have some relevancy. And as I'm going through these games, by the way, I'm going to mention here, I watched a good amount of these. I didn't watch all of these. Sometimes my attention was fully on the game. Sometimes I was doing something else. Folks, I am a sicko. I will stay up past midnight to watch. Mountain West football for you, but my line is preseason NFL football. I couldn't devote my whole weekend to that. I needed to get out to the golf course. I needed to get out and do other things, but I did watch plenty of action. All right, the Patriots here. We had Trey Nixon popping off four for 81, a couple of very nice catches, some nice highlight catches from Trey Nixon. Just search that on Twitter if you didn't get them, but he popped out. It's going to be hard for Nixon to make the 53-man. It's just such a deep wide receiver core. Don't be surprised if we don't see some of these veterans moved, you know, Nelson Aguilar even. It's going to be tough for Trey Nixon. I think he should at least be locked into the practice squad at this point in time. A rookie that will have no problem making the team and I think finding pretty relevant volume right away 
is Tyquan Thornton. Two receptions for nine yards, one touchdown. I've talked about this a lot, folks. I am honest with the level of evaluation that I get on all these players. I went into NFL Draft Weekend without a full game of tape review on Tyquan Thornton, but as soon as I flipped it on, it clicked for me. He made sense in the New England offense, and we saw a touchdown. It was a nice red zone look. I'm excited about Tyquan Thornton. Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong both got six carries. Kevin Harris got nine yards from those carries. Pierre Strong got 25. They really split the majority of carries for New England. It'll be interesting to see how this moves forward, but I do think Pierre Strong has always had the leg up in this offense, and Kevin Harris has always kind of been a step down. Bailey Zappi threw the ball 31 times. I think New England was trying to make him feel at home. As close as you can get to the Western Kentucky offense was the New England Patriots throwing the ball 31 times in the preseason. One touchdown, one interception. He looked pretty solid by the eye test. That one interception, it was a tipped up ball. It was a nice batted ball uh, by the Giants player. I believe it was a linebacker there. I believe he was also a rookie on the other side of the ball. But, you know, we focus on the offensive side of the ball here. Moving on to the Tennessee game. That was the other game on. The Titans played the Ravens. I believe that was on Thursday night. I was blacked out of that game because I am in the New England market. But I was able to go on and see some highlights. And, of course, the talk, the hype of the week was Malik Willis, 6 for 11, 107 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions through the air. But he did have one rushing touchdown. He did rush the ball five times for 38 yards. But he was benched for running the ball when Mike Vrabel wanted him to throw it. And if you go back and look at that play, there was multiple check down options. I think this is just a good learning experience for Malik Willis. Folks, everything we saw from Malik Willis on Thursday night was everything we already knew. He's got a big arm. He made one fantastic, I believe it was like a 40-something yard pass. It was a great pass. He had an awesome touchdown run. But he needs to learn the mental side of the game. We knew this. We knew this. And that's why Ryan Tannehill is starting this year. But for folks who took the shot on Malik Willis as he fell to 107, 108, 110, 201, 205 in your rookie draft, right? For folks who did that, you should feel excited for Malik Willis for next year. Julius Chestnut ran the ball seven times for 44 yards, which was a lot more productive than my guy, Hassan Haskins, six for 19. Julius Chestnut, running back at a Sacred Heart University, a small school in Connecticut. Folks have been on the Julius Chestnut train. I haven't been one of those. I haven't been anti-Chestnut. I just didn't, I didn't put in the tape review. I went 100 deep, and I just did not put in the tape review for Julius Chestnut. And he looked better than Hassan Haskins. I'm not frightened for Hassan Haskins. It's one week. Let's track these running backs over the next couple weeks. Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks did not have a reception. Take that for what it is, right? Let's watch week two. Let's watch week three to see if those two get involved more because the practice reports have been positive, very positive for Kyle Phillips. They've been mixed for Traylon Burks. Baltimore, the talk of the Ravens is Isaiah Likely, the tight end out of Coastal Carolina. If folks remember, Isaiah Likely was heavily hyped uh, at the beginning of draft season. Bad athletic testing bumped him down. He landed with the Ravens, which got folks kind of excited. But remember, they also took Charlie Kohler, a really good two-way tight end out of Iowa State. But Charlie Kohler, really under the radar, not a lot of folks I feel like have talked about this. Charlie Kohler suffered a really significant knee injury. It's going to 
take him out, I believe, a third to a half of the season. And as a rookie, that means Isaiah likely is going to have the chance to really lead the way as tight end two in this Baltimore offense. And tight end two in the Baltimore offense is nothing to shake your head at. He went four for 44, including a fantastic catch through double coverage. Isaiah Likely's camp reports have been high. The coach talk has been high. And he showed it in week one in preseason. This is legitimate hype. I'm not sure we're at redraft value for Isaiah Likely yet, but if he is for some reason on your Dynasty Fantasy Football waiver wire, you need to fix that this week. You cannot wait any longer. Atlanta, Drake London went one for 24, and he scared us. He scared us all as he limped off the field with what the Falcons are now calling a minor knee injury. No reason to panic here with Drake London and the Atlanta Falcons offense. But Desmond Ritter did go 10 for 22, 103 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran the ball six times for 59 carries. I did not watch this game live, so I don't have a in-depth report on Desmond Ritter. But I got to tell you, the box score just looks like a Desmond Ritter box score. He did something on the ground. He was under 50% completion, but he got a couple tutties. So that's what we've seen from Desmond Ritter. I have to go back and actually watch the tape before I can speak educationally on that. Uh, Cleveland here, Jerome Ford season. We are all in, folks. 10 for 51 on the ground with a touchdown. 4 for 45 through the air on a touchdown. Maybe this is take lock. Maybe this is just me hyping up my guy that I've been hyping up for years. But Jerome Ford in this offense is going to be the running back two eventually, right? If they move on from Hunt, I think they can feel confident that Jerome Ford can step into that running back two role. If not, Jerome Ford's going to be the running back two next year. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Keontae Ingram for Arizona, 7 for 27, one touchdown, solid stat line. Did catch a good chunk of the Jets game. Zonovan Knight went 16, or I'm sorry, went six carries for 13 yards and a touchdown. I tweeted out that touchdown. It was a nice goal line carry. He had two kick returns for 63 yards. Zonovan Knight is making the 53-man for special teams. We talk about this all the time. That's the type of guy you want to stash on your taxi squad. Garrett Wilson, 2 for 25. Jeremy Rucker, 2 for 3. Two receptions for 3 yards, but he had a touchdown. Folks, this is what we've been talking about. Get used to that stat line for Jeremy Rucker. I could see multiple times this season he comes in, he gets two receptions at a game, and one of them is a touchdown. Green Bay, Romeo Dubs, hype continues to build, 3 for 42 and a touchdown. San Francisco, Tyrion Davis-Price, 10 carries for 36 yards, not great, not exciting, but Danny Gray is exciting, 2 for 99, a huge touchdown play, I believe it was 69, 70 yards, something large like that, it was a deep field target, remember Danny Gray can accelerate along the sideline, he can burn, he has day two draft capital, folks, do not forget about Danny Gray, the wide receiver out of SMU, now playing with the 49ers, Kansas City, not much for Isaiah Pacheco, despite all the camp hype, despite all the reports, despite all the Twitter love. Two for six on the ground, one for five in the air. Maybe that's a good sign. Maybe they're saving Pacheco, right? Maybe we'll see more of Pacheco in week two or three. Or maybe, folks, maybe Pacheco is just good enough to make the 53-man and be a rotational running back, which is where I've been the whole time. You don't have to either love or fade Isaiah Pacheco. I feel like we do this to players all the time. Just let Isaiah Pacheco be who he is. He can be a good rotational running back on the team. Just let him be that. Dustin Crum, I just have to, this is just a funny stat line. Dustin Crum is never going to be fantasy relevant, right, for the most part. He's playing behind Pat Mahomes. Six for 11 for 18 yards. 
completed six passes for 18 yards. I think that's hilarious. He he ran for 28 yards on the ground, uh, more than he passed for. Chicago, Tristan Ebner at a Baylor, six for 31 on the ground. That hype is building. Tristan Ebner looks locked into that running back three role. And as David Montgomery likely moves on from this team over the next few years, perhaps there's an opportunity for Tristan Ebner to, to battle with Khalil Herbert for more significant touches behind him. Matt Corral did not watch the end of the Carolina game. I watched the beginning of it enough to know that Baker has to be the quarterback for Carolina and Sam, Sam Darnold cannot possibly be. But I did notice Matt Corral got in at the end, went one for nine and 11 yards. Have to see more before I can really comment on that, but that is not a good stat line. Uh, Washington, Sam Howell, nine for 16, 145 yards, three for 19 on the ground. Carson Wentz went 10 for 13 for 74 yards. I know folks are frustrated. Dynasty Twitter, Fantasy Football Twitter, Rookie Twitter, they all want Sam Howell to get in there. And it's good. It's good that Sam Howell looks good. But Carson Wentz is going to get every opportunity to lead this Washington offense through this season. If Washington is competitive at any degree this season, it's going to be Carson Wentz there. So proceed with caution. Embrace the hype. There is still opportunity for Sam Howell to be the starting quarterback of the commanders at some point in time. But more exciting and more relevant for me is Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson, 6 for 26 on the ground, one rushing touchdown, two receptions for 15 yards. Brian Robinson came in following an Antonio Gibson fumble, took over, never looked back. Folks, Brian Robinson is going to get significant action on the ground, and the more he shows that he's a viable pass-catching option too, the more and more nervous Antonio Gibson should be. And folks who are still on the Antonio Gibson hype train, it is not too late to jump off, but it is just nearly too late to jump off. Indianapolis, as you could tell, folks, we are just moving through here. We have a lot of updates. And remember, there is still segment two, and I want to get to those seven guys that I like, but you know I don't like going too long on these podcasts. Jelani Woods, two for 22 and a touchdown. Two receptions was the tie for the most receptions for anybody of the Colts. They had 16 players get receptions. I thought that was just a fun stat I wanted to share, but it's good to see Jelani Woods hauling in the touchdown. Buffalo, Khalil Shakur, Khalil Shakur. We have been hyping up Khalil Shakur on this podcast, so you better believe we were excited about five receptions for 92 yards, including some really nice-looking catches, 18.4 yards per carry. That is potentially the most significant thing for Khalil Shakur because that is not who Khalil Shakur was in college. Boise State wanted to get him the ball, and they wanted to get him the ball close to the line of scrimmage. If Khalil Shakur is even averaging 13 yards per reception, that will be a significant difference in the way that we can project him. And as we continue to project him forward to get more and more volume in the Buffalo offense, if he has a significant yards per target, that is going to be so key for his fantasy value. It gives us a lot of upside, a lot of reason to be excited. Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, 13 for 15, 92 yards, two touchdowns, three for 16 on the ground. Kenny Pickett, 13 for 15. That's good. 92 yards, two touchdowns. That's good. He showed some mobility. I tweeted out the one clip of him rolling out of the pocket for a touchdown pass. That's what we want to see from Kenny Pickett. I understand all the reports have been Mitch Trubisky's the way. I don't think Pittsburgh knows who they want to be their quarterback. If it's not Kenny Pickett to start the season, it's going to be Kenny Pickett really close after. George Pickens, the player who has gotten consensus hype 
out of Pittsburgh camp. Probably the most hyped rookie out of camp. Three for 43 and a touchdown. Here's the thing about George Pickens, folks. He's good. We always knew he was good. He got good draft capital. The question was going to be, was the volume going to be there in the Pittsburgh offense for him to return that value? And potentially yes, potentially no. Right? They're not throwing the ball a ton to Claypool or Deontay Johnson right in preseason. So, I do still expect Pickens to have a role in this offense. I do think we should be happy about what we've seen from George Pickens. I just want us to proceed with realistic expectations for his rookie year. All right, Seattle, real quick, Bo Melton, 2 for 47. I feel like nobody was talking about Bo Melton, a really fun player out of Rutgers. I talked about him a decent amount. I liked seeing that stat line, but I did not watch uh, much of that Seattle game live. Tampa Bay, I caught the end of the Tampa Bay game, and Rashad White had already been going off. 7 for 32 on the ground, 2 for 13 through the air. Folks, Rashad White, I got to tell you, you know, sometimes players in college, they look big compared to other guys, and, you know, it's college, so you always take that with a grain of salt, but Rashad White, man, he looks the role, like, he looks cut up, he looks big. For a guy who has pass-catching upside, and I've kept comparing to, like, a James White-type role, if he can play it at that weight and the way he looks, Man, then I haven't been hyping him up enough, and most would argue that I've been hyping him up too much. Jareth Stearns, 4 for 51, baby, out of Western Kentucky. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how deep this roster is. Stearns deserves to be on the pro squad. He'll probably end up on the taxi squad, but 4 for 51 with a really nice touchdown at the end of the game there for the Bucks. Houston, Damian Pierce, 5 for 49, all over my timeline. That same run where he has a wide open hole and he stumbles a little bit too much. Listen, I know I've faded Damian Pierce much more than the consensus. It's a good stat line. I'm glad he got that big run. I'm glad folks got that Twitter clip to share, right? Because I share the Twitter clips of the guys that I hype up, so I'm not knocking it. Let's just, again, proceed with some caution. Let's see that usage in weeks two and three of the preseason. It could be Damian Pierce, folks. It could be. All right, I could have whiffed on that, but for now, I still think it's Marlon Mack's job to lose. Dallas, Jake Ferguson led the way in receptions, three for 29. I've been talking a lot about this tight end out of Wisconsin as just a really solid, consistent player, three for 29. I really like that stat. I don't love the stat for Jalen Tolbert. Two receptions for 10 yards on seven targets? I didn't see all the targets there in Dallas, so maybe it was just bad QB play, but I didn't love seeing that. And Minnesota, just a quick little note, Ty Chandler, 3 for 33 with a long of 14 yards, which I think is relevant because he was pretty consistent with those nice runs that he ripped off. All right, folks, heading into segment number two, seven rookies who could find their way into 2022 relevancy here so not guys that I can straight up project but for different reasons perhaps it is an unfortunate series of events for other players on their roster or perhaps it's just getting to know the offenses a little bit better but let's get into it the first one and the one that I'm most excited about is Eric Azukanama out of Miami he's getting very very positive camp reports here I currently have him projected for 135 points this season uh, which is equal to eight fantasy points per week, which is probably higher than most folks have him. I think he's going to have a legitimate wide receiver three role in the offense. So the question mark here is what's the volume going to be? Are they really going to lean into two or throwing the ball a lot? And 
Can Izukanama get red zone targets? Because he is a big-bodied guy that does well in traffic. And if you compare that to Waddle and Hill, who both are excellent receivers, right? But if I'm choosing between Waddle, Hill, and Izukanama in the end zone, and more and more we're hearing that Mike Kosecki isn't going to be as involved in this offense as we think he's going to be, more and more Izukanama seems like he could be a relevant guy. So maybe it's down the stretch as bye weeks add up. Maybe it's an injury that happens above him on the depth chart. But I really do think he's going to have a legitimate role in this offense at some level and it could progress into fantasy football relevancy. Jalen Naylor for the Minnesota Vikings getting a lot of positive hype out of camp. He looks healthy. He looks back at it. He's a deep field stretcher and so it'll be interesting here. Wasn't really relevant in week one of the preseason and maybe that's actually a sign that they want to save him for deeper into the preseason. Let's track him closely but he has similar upside to Izukanama for me. If he can step in and push KJ Osborne for that wide receiver three role. I don't think it's something that's going to happen right away, but I could see it happening later on down the season. And I want my hype attached to him now, just in case that happens. One more wide receiver, and that's Velas Jones Jr. Didn't get to see a whole ton of him this week, but what I did get to see is that Justin Fields is going to need every freaking help every weapon that can help him possible. Man, it was series one and an offensive lineman had already thrown a rusher into Justin Fields, right? There's opportunity here as injuries continue to pile up for Chicago. It's Darnell Mooney and then who? And it could be Velas Jones Jr. Currently have projected for about seven and a half fantasy points per game, but I really don't think there's anything stopping Velas Jones from pushing wide receiver three, four territory here as he gets comfortable in this offense. If things click, right? Things have to click and I don't know where exactly he is at yet but I do believe he's going to get that opportunity couple tight ends here, and then I'll finish with two running backs. Uh, I want to talk about Grant Calcaterra, Philadelphia Eagles offense. Listen, I understand that there are a lot of targets above Grant Calcaterra, but he is an athletic, pass-catching guy, and I just want him on your radar. He's probably just going to sit on your waiver wire all season, right? He's not going to be a consistent producer, but if Dallas Godair goes down, or if things get really stretched uh, at the end of the season, he could be a waiver wire pickup, depending on matchup, if he gets worked more into the offense. Daniel Bellinger is some Somebody who's higher up on the depth chart. Got to see a little bit of him in the preseason week one. Not too much. I do think the Giants are going to bring him on more. Very positive reports out of camp. So we're looking at a potential tight end one or at least somebody who's going to get a lot of action as a rookie. Definitely somebody that I'd be keeping my eye on in seasonal formats. Again, as a waiver wire pickup. But he should absolutely be on your Dynasty Fantasy Football roster. If he is not already rostered by your league mates... Two running backs left. Kyron Williams, the running back here for the Rams. I think we're still figuring out what that Rams running back room is going to look like. But if at any point in time, Henderson and or Akers miss time, and we have seen those guys not necessarily put together full seasons over the last couple of years, I do think Kyron Williams is the guy who steps up. One more, it's Tyler Algier. And this is interesting. I haven't talked about Algier too much because I've been lower on him pretty pretty consistently through the process. And Folks might even be annoyed that I have him in this category of if things go right for him. But, you know, the, a lot of reports out of camp are saying he's not really taking the job. And if he if the rookie is not going to take the job, they're going to give it to veterans, right? And so I think Algier needs to really earn that playing time. It's something that could come on through the season. I'm not interested in him in seasonal formats right now. And I have zero of him in dynasty formats, but I felt like I was slighting him if I wasn't at least putting him in this segment because I really haven't been talking about him in any other rookie context, at least in terms of guys that I'm excited about. So there you go. That's preseason week one, folks. 
a wrap up here all of the most relevant fantasy guys as well as seven guys who I can't easily project into starting roles and relevant roles but I could see being fantasy football relevant throughout this season as we move on closer and closer to the college football season to the NFL season we're going to continue looking at rookie value we're going to continue looking at the 2023 class value that's what we're doing all season long folks if you have not already please check out patreon.com slash rookie big board get in on the action join the discord chop it up it is the NFL season college football season coming up this is when you're going to want to be in there talking about it you're going to want access to my updated dynasty rankings devi rankings rookie rankings all of the good stuff. It's just $3 a month, folks. If you have listened all the way through this episode, if you're a consistent listener to this podcast, I'm telling you, you are going to see the value in it, and it's going to help me continue to put out consistent, good content like this. As always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of The Rookie Big Board.